Welcome to University College's podcast, I Do Declare, the podcast that offers unique academic and experiential insights from the people who put the major in exploration. Welcome to University College's podcast, I Do Declare. Uh, Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Daphne Galkin. Daphne, welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So with this, we typically get some background, people's educations, that sort of thing, because we know our listeners are looking at majors, maybe thinking of deciding here or there, depending. But let's look at your background. So uh, Daphne, what drew you to study English at the BA level, humanities and social thought at the MA level, and then eventually your doctorate in educational leadership? So um, (laughs) when you reflect upon uh, your path academically uh, and how that connected to your career, it's uh, not straightforward for a Mm -hmm. lot of people, and that was certainly true for me. Um, I originally, uh, when I was an undergraduate at University at Albany, I wanted to be an English professor. Okay. That was my grand ambition. Uh, I had an academic advisor in the English department who tried vehemently to talk me out of it. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, As an English professor himself, he was a bit jaded. um, Okay. And... uh, uh, he said, oh, it's a hard life. You don't really want to do it. Nope. I was determined. I really wanted to do that. Uh, that was my intention. Um, and I love literature. Mm. I love writing. I love reading. Uh, and I really enjoyed the curriculum um, of my English major. And uh, for my master's degree, I went with an interdisciplinary program mm-hmm. at NYU where I could focus on literature, but I didn't have to major uh, in English. And I was able to do that really successfully um, with the interdisciplinary program, Humanities and Social Thought. Because by that time, I was starting to wonder if teaching was really where I wanted to be. Um, And then my doctorate in educational leadership was really founded in um, where I was in my career and where I wanted to go. So that was more practical. Sure. Um, But... I enjoyed all of my all of my degrees, all of my programs, um, and I felt like I was able to have a good mix of the things that really brought me passion. Sure. But um, my advanced degree was really also um, relevant to what I was doing and what I saw myself continuing to do in my career. So interesting that you receive feedback on a dream or a goal and somebody sort of suggested otherwise. We know we come across these experiences throughout our education. What are some other hallmark experiences that sort of maybe put you at a crossroads, set you in a different direction in some respects? So um, academically, I would say that one of my um, hallmark experiences was absolutely my doctorate Mm -hmm. program. I knew that I was going to be um, able to advance further in my career with it, um, Mm -hmm. going into uh, leadership in higher education. Obviously, that's uh, something you really need to be doing if Mm -hmm. you're looking at positions um, in administration. But what I didn't expect is how much it changed me. Um, the changed the way I thought about problems. It changed the way I was able to um, argue my case. Yeah. Um, and rather than focus on, I feel it should be done X, Y, Z, the doctorate program really helped me start looking at data mm-hmm. uh, and making more data-informed decisions and being able to effectively argue my case in order to change policies, in order to inform initiatives. Um, mm-hmm. And that was something I was not necessarily expecting. And uh, I, it really did transform me as a, as a person as well as a professional. And I think we should say, too, as Associate Dean of University College, uh, your background has, has prepared you in such a way that, yeah, these things come up, like you talked about, with data, dealing with staff, making sure that the, the ship's you know, afloat and healthy. Absolutely. All those things. 
Yeah. And um, one of the things that I would stress Mm -hmm. to all of our listeners, whether you're pre-major or you're already in a declared major and you're pretty confident in that direction, is life goes in directions that you don't expect them (laughs) to. Um, I never thought that I would be in higher education. Um, I never saw that as a path outside of the classroom as a professor. Mm-hmm. I never I never really thought about a career on in administration. Um, and it's really only in recent years that they actually have um, degree programs in higher education leadership. That's a newer um, academic pathway um, that was really not around when I was um, in college and pursuing career options. Mm. So uh, that's something that I would I would absolutely stress that has been my experience that it's okay to start somewhere and say, oh, I'm pretty sure this is where I want to go. Um, and that academic advisor, I think he meant well, but um, he'd been in, in the, <laughs> he'd been through the ringer himself, I think, in his career. And he just didn't want anyone else to have the same struggles. I was, I was a great student. I was a good student. So it wasn't a capable issue. Right. Um, I see what you're saying. I think he just, uh, he was just a little jaded, but that didn't deter me at the time. But that's not what changed my direction. Mm. I think I just realized as I went through um, my my programs and the various jobs that I had, that the classroom wasn't necessarily where I thought my true passion was. And uh, you have to be open to that. Sometimes yeah. your path diverges from where you think it's going to be. Sure. And then it, at some point, as you're saying, higher education became a really strong possibility in terms of career choice. Interestingly enough, you rem- remained in some form of education employment. Mm-hmm. But then here too, higher ed came up. At what point did you see that? Was that, I think you said, in your doctoral program? You thought, oh, or was it in the master's area? So I was already um, a dean of students by the time I started my doctorate program. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really more um, I needed to get that credential Mm -hmm. in order to continue on that path. Um, And I knew eventually I would get my doctorate. Um, Mm -hmm. I always thought, oh, I'll get it in literature. Um, But that wasn't appropriate for what I needed it for um, at the time. So what really turned me um, towards higher education was after I graduated with my BA at at Albany in English, Mm -hmm. I moved to uh, Texas. Okay. Um, And the place I was living in Texas, College Station, the only thing within a million miles is Texas A&M University, which has about 70,000 students. It's a huge, wonderful, amazing institution, great great place to be. Um, but that was a place you needed to get your job. And um, I started out in career services at Texas A&M University, oh, yeah. and I never went back uh, from there. I loved being in higher education on the administrative side. I loved um, helping college students. I loved advising college students. Mm-hmm. And from there, uh, it evolved into academic advising and then um, advising leadership. And the rest is history. Here I am. Absolutely. And these are the experiences that sort of help to shape our direction. And in some ways, I think that they're unknown to us before. Beforehand. So it's, it's really that experiential ed thing that we push with our students is to get an internship, try something on, see if it fits. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't have that. I didn't have an internship. Um, and I might have found my path a little sooner. And maybe I would have found a totally different path, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool too. But I would say that that's, that's also really good advice to people who are trying to figure it out. Um, and even if you think you have it figured out, um, life has a way of laughing at you. <laughs> and then you end up in the, the job of your dreams, which is frankly where I am now. Yeah. I'm very, very grateful. Um, I'm happy every day to come to work. I'm happy every day to work with students at Montclair, to work with pre-major students, mm-hmm. and to work with the incredible team 
scene that we have at mm-hmm. University College, um, but did not think 15 years ago, 20 years ago, this is where I would be. So yeah. life is funny that way. Right. So let's open that up a little bit, your position as associate dean in University College. What are some things that you love about it? And, I, and you've hinted at a few already, but what are some of the things that you find challenging as well? So I would say, let's start with the positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the Absolutely, without hesitation, what I find um, most rewarding about my job is developing teams, Mm -hmm. um, working with young professionals, people who are ambitious, really uh, smart, driven, um, really at the height of uh, what they're doing. And I really feel like that's where university college academic advisors and program coordinators are. And it's been a pleasure working with them, um, elevating them in their careers, um, helping develop and support their leadership sure. uh, leadership path. That's uh, without a doubt um, what I enjoy most about um, the roles that I've had in, in higher education leadership. I would say that uh, developing people and supervising people are mm-hmm. also the biggest challenge of uh, an administrative position like this. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're doing it right and you're doing it with heart, um, most people would agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you um, aren't always going to make everybody happy. Um, sometimes you have to enforce policies and initiatives that you don't 100% agree with. Yeah. Um, and that's not just true in higher ed. That's true in corporate America. That's true in small companies, large companies. Um, but, you know, you have to see the bigger picture. You have to step back and think what's driving your decision making, what's driving the, um, the strategic plan for the team. And here at Montclair and more than University College, the bottom line is, are the decisions we're making informed by data and mm-hmm. are they um, student-centered? Are students at the beginning and end of what we're doing? Um, and sometimes to get there, it's, you know, not always straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that that's both the biggest challenge and the most rewarding, um, helping navigate a team sure. uh, of very high-functioning professionals um, who, you know, come with different personalities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's fun, right? <laughs> you don't, you don't want to work with um, androgyny. That's boring. Right. <laughs> no, you, and I think you need friction sometimes yep. to make things sort of change and develop in a good way. I think, too, we should recognize that your level of leadership, team development, you know, staff development, that sort of thing. But you also, there's a lot of forethought. You're continually having to look and address considerations that are not immediately in front of you. So tell us a little bit about that. It's sort of, I think there are things on your radar and you tend to address them um, because down the road, things are going to come up. I think to back up a little bit, I mm-hmm. think it's important um, for anyone who's considering a leadership position or um, has aspirations. I think one of the biggest things you need to do to have the luxury of forethought and mm-hmm. to have the space to strategically plan what you're doing, you have to trust the team mm-hmm. uh, that you're working with because you can't micromanage. Um, and you have to step back and give yourself the space um, to really think about where you want the team to go, what uh, what you want the outcomes to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a big piece. You could be doing amazing things, but if there's no strategic plan behind that, um, it's very, very difficult to stay on task and to uh, be able to reflect on whether or not you were successful. Right. It's trying to like make the bed without the sheets. Yes. It's difficult. That's a very good analogy. <laughs> yeah. I think about that because yeah, there's, there's so much involved in the process. Uh, again, looking at your current position, everybody has wish lists at work. 
you know, things that they would love if they had their druthers. What are some things if you could, you know, just sort of make things appear or otherwise, what would be on your list? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a hard hitting question. And if you ask me that in two weeks, my answer might be different and that's okay. Um, But today I would say I would love for us to continue to develop successfully our um, academic programs. We just started and launched our first degree granting program um, last fall, the uh, Bachelor of Liberal Studies degree completion program Mm -hmm. in University College, and we could not be more excited. I would love to see us continue to build on that program as well as add additional concentrations within that program um, and additional uh, degree completion opportunities for students at Montclair. Um, It it would continue to expand the reach that University College has and the impact we have on the student population, whether you're a freshman starting as pre-major or whether you're a junior or senior who uh, needs to finish what you started. That would be my wish, uh, wish list in terms of long-term long-term goals. And if I look from where I am in my position, I could see that happening. Uh, Good. Ha- having, <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, having worked with the BLS program and you know meeting with those students, uh, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of good vibe there. Well, career services is pivotal to that population, uh, being able to help them advance in their career once mm-hmm. they get that credential, helping um, you know update their resume if they've been out of the workforce a while. Right. Uh, it's a totally different population than university college typically uh, works with. And that's what, one of the things I think is exciting. And that's one of the things in higher ed. If you're considering an uh, academic program in higher ed or a, or a career in higher ed, it is so dynamic um, in mm. this field. And uh, things are always changing. You have to be able to adapt, um, but it's never boring. And the students make it exciting, Uh, the professionals make it exciting, and things like constantly evolving programs and initiatives. Um, It's really an awesome, it's an awesome landscape to be in. Absolutely. So given what you know now, what advice would you give yourself, say, freshman, sophomore year in college? I would still have ignored the advice of my academic advisor. (laughs) Check. We got that one. (laughs) All my academic advisors, put your hands over your ears. Um, But uh, I still would have ignored that advice because I needed to go down the path that I did. Um, And that's the advice I would give. Listen to the feedback of those around you. But... Don't necessarily jump just because someone says jump. If you really have a passion or you think you're in the right direction for what you want, mm-hmm. go ahead, you know, and allow for the for the possibility that you might totally change direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the awesome things about being pre-major. Um, and even if you are in a declared major and you're reconsidering um, sure. your path, like that doesn't mean that you messed up. It doesn't mean even necessarily that you're going to lose time or have any problems along the way. Um, as long as you do it in tandem with academic advising and sure. services and you do it in a way that's thoughtful, um, you know, I would say follow follow your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know where it's going to end up and it might be totally different than where you thought. Sure. I think some of what we're looking at too is listening to our gut, listening to our intuition. Try not to overthink things, which is so common for many of us. But uh, I thank you so much, Daphne, for coming in today. Oh, my pleasure. This has been awesome. 